Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. I'm your host Jaden Ford, and we are back with another one. And we are we we are here, and there's a lot to talk about after this crazy college football weekend, this crazy NFL weekend, as well as a lot of findings, accusations of emails. So we're gonna get into that all today, and let's talk about it, man. And I just want to thank you guys for being listeners. Thank you guys for being here, and let's jump into this college football top ten. So the number one Georgia Bulldogs, who are six enough to be in previously ranked number two, came off a big win after uh, um over Auburn, led by Bo Nix, excuse me, winning 34-10, to and next week they play the Mark Stoop-led Kentucky Wildcats, I'm going to say, oh, I'm sorry about that, I do not know their mascots, I need to learn a few of these other teams, they're not Power 5 Conferences mascots, but nevertheless, the Kentucky um, Wildcats are, are a dangerous team, and I really think that um, they, they can come out and they can get an upset, man, I'm calling it now, for those who are listening and want to call a bet, um, I'm bet um, I'm betting $20 upwards that Kentucky can beat Georgia in a very, very close game, kind of like how Alabama lost to Texas A&M that we will get into. Coming in at number two, Iowa Hawkeyes, a great football team, like I've said since the beginning. They're 6-0, obviously. Their, their previous rank was number three. They're trending in the right direction. They just beat number four, Penn State, 23-20. Their punter, Troy Taylor, is the highlight of this weekend, keeping him inside of the 20-yard line in a 44.2 punt yard average in this game. He consistently kept field position in Iowa's favor, helping them buy enough time for the offense to get going late, said ESPN executives on this online top 10 top 25 is if you want to call it that i call it top 10 in my opinion top 25 is very irrelevant to my situation because i'm talking about people who are trending in the right direction and and that can get to the college football playoff and essentially win and change the aspect of what people think of it being alabama clemson georgia whoever else now what we do also do here on um let's talk about it we have honorable mentions and honorable mentions are teams like the 11 through 15 who have just got a big win and are trending in the right direction and for an example arkansas was honorable mentioned before the last two weeks of them losing two games in a row they still will be on this list they still will be talked about and i just do not think it's fair i mean their schedule the hardest i've ever seen especially for them to be in the sec it's not an easy task and i really think they can come out top and they could end up turning it around but the SEC has a lot of teams that are just a tad bit better than them, and that's what sucks. But like I said, number two Hawkeyes came off a strong win against Penn State. Number three, the Cincinnati Bearcats. I mean, absolutely team, an absolute monster of a team that I'm very high on. Linebacker Darren Beviers, corner Sauce Gardner, most talented defenders in the league, in my opinion. Um, he's absolutely, he's absolutely electric. He picks the ball off. He takes it to the house. He clamps your best receiver. He follows your best receiver. He guards tight ends. He guards running backs. He hits the quarterback. He blitzes. He does it all. And in my opinion, he is the best defensive back in the draft behind the cornerback, I want to say, from Notre Dame, or he may be a safety, but he's one of those two. Um, they came off a strong win against Temple, 52-3. But as I do not know, a few years ago, Temple and Cincinnati probably would have played a great game. But Cincinnati is just showing you how far they've came for, for a team like the Bearcats, man. For them to be that dominant in their conference after being no better than Temple a few years ago is absolutely just a straight testimony to their coaching, their staff, as well as their worth ethic. Shout out to Cincinnati Bearcats. Number four, the Oklahoma Sooners. I got a lot to say about these Sooners, man. The Oklahoma Sooners completely had the biggest comeback ever in rival history for the Red River rivalry, man. The Texas Longhorns came out punching. I mean, it's probably one of the most devastating losses that I've seen a fan base go through. I've had, I saw people crying. I had people call me in tears. 
I've, I've had even people burn jerseys, man. It's absolutely crazy about exactly. It's crazy exactly how bad they feel because they know that every year OU's getting better, and so are they. I mean, they got new coach, they got new players like B. John Robinson, who not new, but a new breakout player, if that makes sense. They got new players like James Worthy. I mean, they, they have a great football team over there, man. But the problem is OU has won the last six, the last six games, man. The last, the last six of them, man. If you are a team that is supposed to be better than another team, and you've lost to them six years in a row, and we lead the series, it's, it's absolutely something that you cannot ignore, man. Um, the Oklahoma Sooners, like I said, we still got a lot to fix, but a lot of it was fixed this past weekend. Quarterback Caleb Williams after replacing Spencer Rattler and becoming a Red River Showdown legend by rallying OU to the Sooners' biggest comeback from behind a rival's history. Lincoln Riley still will not commit to a starting quarterback this week. The freshman got the struggling offense humming and made a strong case for taking over. The Sooners do face TCU next week, a team they have beaten seven straight times in Norman this week, followed by Kansas and Texas Tech, said ESPN executive Dave Wilson. Thank you for that, Dave Wilson. It was, it was very... um. It was, it was very good watching that game. By the first quarter, honestly, by the first 30 seconds, I was in cardiac arrest, but I never lost hope. Um, I did, which I have not admitted yet, I did pull some of my bets. Um, I was going to bet, and then after the after the 30 after the first 30 seconds, I completely stopped texting my bets. I just let them, I just let the game roll because not that I lost faith, but I was not going to put up hundreds of dollars for a team that didn't even put up any effort in the first half. So I just couldn't. I couldn't lean on that. But after they, they came back in that second half like I thought they would, they put in Caleb Williams, he absolutely lit him up, man. You can't say enough about that. You can't say enough about this football team. And I think the Oklahoma Sooners, if they can just continue to find a way to win and just continue to lead this win streak like they have now, now that Alabama's lost and now that Clemson's not, now that Clemson's not even a factor anymore, they have the highest winning streak in the last year or so. So, um going on about 15 or 16 games I want to say maybe even a little bit lower than that but um, that brings me into my next opponent the number five Alabama Crimson Roll Tide who did previously hold the record for the longest winning streak that was broken this past week by Jimbo led Texas A&M Jimbo Fisher led Texas A&M Aggies man that's a great football team over there too for those that did not know Jimbo Fisher is the only assistant and probably will be for a long time to beat Nick Saban and his team Jimbo Fisher told uh, ESPN executives as well as Nick Saban this past summer, I will beat Nick Saban's ass one of these days. And Nick Saban replied with, what, golf? And then that's when, I think that's when the sparks started flying. Jimbo Fisher had a great quote that I'm going to quote him on right here. And he said that there's not a secret format of this, man. He goes, no matter who you play, you got to ignore the media. You got to put it all out and you got to make your team, your coaches, and your staff believe in you. He goes, and that's exactly what we did. And that's just something that, that's something you can't say enough about that, that coach, man. He's a legend. He's previously held the longest win streak with um, Jameis Winston in that um, Texas, I'm, I'm so sorry, the Florida State Seminoles. He had a great, great, great thing going on over there. But, you know, everything comes to an end, especially win streaks. And that's exactly what happened today or this past weekend for the Alabama Clemson Roll Tide. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm thinking very fast here. Number six, the Iowa State Buckeyes. They're five and one. That's another one of them teams I'm very proud of. Because at the beginning, I was kind of writing them off like I was Clemson. Um, for some reason, C.J. Stroud is just completely starting to get into his own, man. In the last two games, he's throwing for 770 yards and as well as two touchdowns, man. It's one of those things for C.J. Stroud that, like, 
she's coming after a complete legend on the on the campus with Justin Fields. So a lot of people have high expectations, just like Spencer Rattler coming after a complete legend like Jalen Hurts as well as Kyler Murray. You know, you got to live up to it, man. Especially when you a team like Ohio State Buckeyes and Ryan Day. Y'all have lost one time in the past, like, three years, dude. Two years. So, I mean, be happy that your team is still winning, CJ. Stay on top and continue to fight, man. You got a long season ahead of you, buddy. You've already lost one game, and I know you were young, and, but, hey, you, you lose two and you're out the, you're, you're out of it, man. And, and that's just not, that's not a recipe to win. So, um... Next, what I want to get into is the Penn State Nittany Lions, who are the number seven team in the country, led by quarterback Sean Clifford. The Nittany Lions, in my opinion, they're just one of them teams that are missing. I think they're missing a big-time player. They got players, but they're missing that Sauce Gardner. They're missing that Bryce Young. They're missing that Troy Taylor, who's a kicker over there in Iowa. It's one of them things that you just you just hate to see because a great football team like that just can't get over the hump. They lost to number three, Iowa, who is the better team, 23-20 to this past weekend. They have a bye week coming up to get a few of these people healthy. Um, I will say... That the next game against Illinois is a break. They'll go, they'll, they'll go down there and they'll completely blow them out. And Sean Clifford will get back rolling. It's at home. And it's going to be rocking in that stadium. And they'll go ahead and win. PSU showed limitations without Clifford against Iowa. And even with the great defense, they would likely struggle during a challenging second-half schedule. Um, that's one thing I did not know. I did not watch this game. Sean Clifford did not play. And, that, and that, that's very impressive to me. Knowing that now, that they only lost about three points. So, shout out to um, the backup, man, who they do not have listed here. But the Penn State Nittany Lions are in the, moving in the right direction, man. Um, another team was absolutely surprising me right now, the Michigan Wolverines. They're 6-0. and they're, in the, they're, they're, they're doing their thing, man. For a lot of years, man, Hobraw was getting rode off. Rode off and uh, I just really think that he's one of those coaches that people believed in. Like, I mean, shout out to the fan base over there. They were being... They were absolutely horrible for a few years in a row, and they never gave up. While everybody else did, they never gave up on their head coach, man. They got those Jordan jerseys, and they just completely fell off. But now they're back. They're ranked number eight. They've made it on the talk about it. And in my opinion, coming coming from being unranked, I want to say last year, and being at number eight right now is absolutely huge. If a few people lose, they could sneak them to a top five or four, and they could get a conversation for the college football playoff, man. Um, another team that's completely surprised me with a loss is the Oregon Ducks. Yes, they played a pretty tough schedule, but, you know, when you're a team like the Oregon Ducks, you want to come and you want to win every game. You want to be standing there at the end of the season like, hey, look at us. But, unfortunately, that's not going to be them this year. They're missing two of their best players, Justin Flo and the last name Thibodeau. I cannot remember that guy's first name, but they're great they're two great defensive players that they're going to need. They still do have great players like running back Travis Dyer their quarterback A.J. Brown. But it's really upsetting when C.J. Verdell's out for the year, who was their running back and also one of the most electric in the, in the league. It sucks to see things like that. And um, I really think the Oregon Ducks, they're going to they're gonna probably win out, but it's going to be a tough year for them, and they might even finish in the top 15. So shout-out to the Ducks. I hope you guys keep fighting, and next year you guys be better. Michigan State Spartans, number 10. A team, in my opinion, I think is a little bit better than a banged-up Oregon Ducks team. But the Michigan State Spartans 
are the second Michigan team in the top 10 this week on Let's Talk About It. And I'm really impressed with the Michigan State Spartans. They have a great running back over there in Kenneth Walker. They have a great receiver, Jalen Nora, at 220 receiving yards and three touchdowns against Rutgers last week. Um, it's one of them things that when you're 6-0 and and you got great players competing against each other on the football field, it's one of them things you want. Previously, they were ranked number 11. And I just think that the Michigan State Spartans are doing everything that a team like them wants to do. And that Michigan versus Michigan State game this year will be absolutely electric and I'm going to call it's going to be one of the best we've seen in a long long time. Coming in at number 11, the honorable mention of the Kentucky Wildcats. I do not know if I mentioned it previously, but I was telling some of my friends today at the gym. I think the Georgia Bulldogs should be on um, Kentucky upset alert, man. The Kentucky Wildcats are a great team. They're 6-0. They're led by Mark Stoops. They have a great running back, Chris Rodriguez. And he has rushed for 768 yards this year and 174 against uh, LSU this past weekend. So um, when you put those two together, I think that uh, they have a great great chance to beat Georgia, but the problem is it's not going to be a lot of points scored. Their defense, who I do not know much about, is going to have to show up and get those stops. Shout out to Kentucky Wildcats. Shout out to Stoops, who had a great weekend for them. Um, shout out Bob. Shout out Mark. Shout out Mike. And an honorable mention for the Kentucky Wildcats, who are 6-0, and moving in the right direction. After moving up five spots, coming from 16, they're a great team, and I feel like they have the right confidence and the right and their heads on right, you know, and I think that they're feeling good about themselves. Number 12, um, the Iowa, the Oklahoma State Cowboys, I apologize. This came off a of bye week. Their next game is going to be it's Texas. The Texas team was very feeling, um, very, feeling very envious. They want to come back and they want to win this football game after losing that lead 28-7 against the Oklahoma Sooners in the River Rivalry. It's one of them games that where Spencer Spencer is going to have to show up, man. He struggled against Baylor. He only had 182 yards passing with three interceptions. However, the Cowboys got the win as well as against Texas. They're going to need better from Sanders, man. It's just it's just not going to be one of those games where we can have 182 yards and win the game. So um, I, I really hope he has a game like he did against Kansas State um, a week or so ago when he was 22 or 34, 344 yards and two touchdowns. So that's one of them great things right there that you want. And um, I think that the Oklahoma State Cowboys are no team moving in the right direction. And I can't wait for Bedlam, man. I can't wait for these next rivalry games in the next few weeks. It's going to be great. And rivalry weekend is off to a great, great start. And my last honorable mention for college football is the Ole Miss Rebels. The Ole Miss Rebels are one of them teams that you can't leave out of the conversation, even though they are ranked number 13. They got a Heisman quarterback in Matt Carell. They're led by a great coach. They have a great running back, a great defense, and they're in the SEC, man. They've been putting up 40 or 50 points every week this past this, this, this season. And um, for them to drop down um, to 17 and come back up to 13 after a great win after, against Arkansas, who is now number 13 after dropping a few spots, um, or well, they were number thirteen, so I want to say Arkansas is ranked number seventeen now. I apologize for that confusion. The Arkansas Razorbacks are seventeen, and they previously were thirteen after losing to Ole Miss, who was ranked seventeen. So basically, what they did was just switch spots. That's all they did. I've never even noticed that before. Ole Miss beat Arkansas. They literally switched spots. <laughs> That's crazy. But shout out to Matt Carell. Having a great Heisman Trophy level season. He showed that on Saturday. Four touchdowns and a 52 to 51 win over Arkansas. And last season, he threw six interceptions against the Hogs. And if that's not an improvement, I don't know what is. Um, shout out to them. Shout out to the College Football Playoff Committee. And shout out to this ESPN listing of the new top 25. That's going to wrap up our college football talk for the day and now we're going to move on to the NFL and I'm going to start off with a very sensitive subject and I'm just going to use it in a few words that's right here in front of me Gruden is gone and now the NFL should get rid of those who enabled him 
For those that do not know, John Gruden is the new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, who used to be Oakland. John Gruden is a legend um, head coach who has been in multiple places. It took a break off to be an ESPN executive and as well as a um, a segment leader on his own show called QB Talk, if I'm not mistaken. He had he had great names on there: Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Cam Newton, Tom Brady. And he he break down plays. He would tell you what you should, what you shouldn't do, and what you're good at and what you're not good at. And that was a great thing, and that got him his job at Las Vegas. But however, what took the job away from him was his vulgar, anti-gay, and racist slandering that he put in emails from 2012 all the way up to last year. It's one of those things that when you sit there and think about it is. Last night I was laying down and I said, imagine him right now getting a text from his black or minority player saying, I thought we was cool, man. And he just has nothing to say because he thought they were cool, too. A lot of people do things and they don't think they'll come back to bite them. And when it's social media, man, it's always going to come back to bite you. And John Gruden, I really was high on you. I was high on your football team. But now they are looking for a new guy to hire. Um John Gruden absolutely is going to be in hiding for the next few weeks. I really think that he's never going to coach again. He probably will never show his face again in the NFL, but he probably, you know, like any other successful man, he'll find a way, he'll find a way, he'll find a way. So, um, like a lot of people want to say, they want to say they don't judge him off of what he said a few years ago, but hey, man, these emails go all the way back to last year. You can't say something and take it back, even if it was only a few years ago. He's racist. He's he he's anti-gay, and um, all of this still exists in the NFL, and we're gonna have to find who enabled him so they can be flushed out as well. So um um I apologize to John Gruden, but I have no remorse for you, bro. And I really feel that you deserve what's getting coming to you. And um any of those players on there that that feel like that they saw this coming, you're 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 a complete psychic because. Um, he is not, and he thought that nobody would know about this. So shout out the Raiders organization for making a quick call and getting rid of John Gruden. A game that I want to talk about after that horrible news is the great game last night of Monday Night Football that was led by Action Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, they came out and they just fought and they fought and they fought. They got beat in the first half. And it was very similar to the Red River rivalry, man. It really was because they came out and they were down. Bro. They were down multiple possessions and a lot of people wrote them off. And um, I, I tuned in about halftime and for some reason I'm sitting there and I'm like, hey, man, these guys got a chance that they can just get a touchdown. So when Lamar, when Lamar just slowed down, he let the game come to him, they started winning the football game sometimes. Lamar Jackson, he just he just moves too fast. He mixes he misses checkdowns. He misses those crossing rounds. But that does not that does not diminish the fact he's a great quarterback. He's a top five quarterback, and he has more total yards than about seven to ten NFL franchises. So you can't say enough. He got the win in a crazy comeback in overtime, thirty-one to twenty-five. After multiple chances were given to the Colts, they missed field goals, they blocked field goals, and it just all came down to action. Jackson and Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews from Oklahoma, and as well as Marquise. Brown from Oklahoma completely showed out. They did their thing and they let the Ravens win that football game in high fashion. Bad news coming out of Baltimore though. The latest on the Ravens rookie guard Ben Cleveland who has been placed on injury reserve he tweeted he av he avoided a serious knee injury after being carted off the field in Monday night's game. He'll be sidelined at least three weeks. So after a game where Lamar Jackson seemed to have to be running around a lot Missing a starting alignment will never be better for you. But, hey, I do think Lamar Jackson is an MVP front runner, and I do think that a lot of people are going to start 
talking about this comeback, man. 22 unanswered points to beat the Colts in overtime is absolutely electric. And with the help of their defense, they showed up, man. Um, they really did, and shout out them. A team that I just talked about that I want to talk about again is the Raiders, man. The Raiders, to me, were one of the, I ain't going to say the better teams in the league, but they're, they're one of them teams you can't play with. I mean, each and every night they're going to come out, they're going to try to get a win, but the problem with them is they've lost these past two games. Chargers beat them 28-14, and Bears beat them led by Justin Fields 20-9. So, like, when you see a team like the Raiders and they're going through stuff like this and you look at the talent and you look at what they have you look at what they don't have, you just start to think that if this coaching problem was never existed, they probably would have done a little bit better in these past two games because just because the media knows about it this week, these these players, these coaches, and everybody else, the organization felt it two or three weeks ago, man. A lot of people might have not been in their right mindset thinking about who's their coach going to be instead of coming out to win football games. So coming up, they got the Broncos, who was another team I was very high on. It's kind of disappointing me. It's one, of them, it's one of them things for the Broncos where I'm sitting here, and I'm like, what in the heck is going on? Like you have all the talent that you need. You have exactly you have exactly what you need. You have two quarterbacks you can choose from. So between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, can we find our leader? Because I really like the Broncos and I really believe they can do something in this league in a few years. But when you're just losing game after game like that, it's not it's not something you want. Let's just look at their the last few games. So uh, their only wins are against people that no one cares about, the Jaguars and the Jets. Yeah, they beat the Jets 26-0, but they beat the Jaguars by only 10, 23-13. They had a great win against the Giants in Week 1, but who who, who didn't expect them to win Week 1 against the Giants? I mean, they have not beat anybody meaningful. They lost to the Ravens 23-7. They lost to the Steelers 27-19. And in my opinion, the Steelers aren't that good, man. Uh, the, my Seahawks got them next week, and that's that's what's going to lead me into my next segment, and that's Seahawk talk. And we're in complete shambles right now, man. If you're a Seahawk fan, listen to this. I pray for you. I will give you a hug if you let me know because we're going to be going through it these next few weeks. Yeah, we got um, a great coaching staff. We got a great backup quarterback in Geno Smith. However, he's not Russell Wilson. And for an offense that had just found their stride, for an offense who was just getting rolling, and for a new and a great unit on offensive line to start rolling, they're going to have to block even better. Geno Smith is not as mobile. He didn't have as strong as an arm, but he is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. Um, Russell Wilson is projected to come back against the um, Green Bay Packers, which is usually a great game for us. However, that is still subject to change. They say that he is healing well after surgery, and he is now helping Geno Smith prepare for the role. So if you're the Seahawks, man, we got a few tough games ahead of us, and I really think that we'll be able to win two or three. We're definitely going to drop one. And um, best-case scenario, we'd be sitting at, at 500 or a little below 500 when Wilson comes back. So I really pray that we can turn that around after losing this, um, the the Rams 26-17. Um, they had a great game there. Um, and I just I just really hope that DK, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, everybody comes back. They're healthy, and they'll be able to get on this road, and they'll be able to win with Geno Smith, man. Um, another team that I'm pretty proud of, that I'm pretty high on, that – that I'm really excited about learning more about is the Philadelphia Eagles led by Doug Peterson and Jalen Hurts. They have everybody you need. They got a good quarterback, good receiver, good tight end, good offense, a great offensive line, good defensive line, and a great secondary. Only problem with the Eagles is they play a tough schedule, and they're going to have to continue to find a way to win, man. This past week, they beat the Carolina-led Sam Darnold Panthers 21-18 in a close game. 
games. But I will say the, the Philadelphia Eagles are the better team, and, and they expect to win these games. So um, when when you're a team like them, you got to continue to fight. Another team that I'm very high on that I probably was not expecting to be was the Cincinnati Bengals, man. First of all, Jamar Chase, after a horrible preseason, saying the ball's bigger than in college, has absolutely lit everybody up. Um, I've seen a few of these articles saying, is he already a top 10 receiver? No. Is he already a top 20 receiver? Yes, by far. This guy is electric. Joe Burrow is amazing. After going down twice in one game and being carted off, taken to the hospital to look at a a throat contusion that end up being clear. Joe Burrow will be playing next week. It's absolutely crazy. Yes, they did lose to the better team, the Green Bay Packers, 25-22. to However, the Cincinnati Bengals have nothing to hang their hat about, and I think that they'll be able to come out and they'll fight next week and they'll win um, and, and, and get back on that winning side because those Bengals right there honestly are great. Let's go ahead and look at the stats, man. Um, one, of the, one of the big things that stand out to me is Joe Burrow's quarterback play, man. He went head-to-head -head with one of the greats, Aaron Rodgers. He was 26-38, 281 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He was sacked three times to Aaron Rodgers, too. But his QBR was 54 to Aaron Rodgers, 68. And his RTG was 85 to Aaron Rodgers, 103. So, I mean, he went head-to-head -head with a great legend. He can say that for the rest of his life. And the running back... And the running backs um, back there from Oklahoma see my J.P. Ryan and Joe Mixon completely can run over anybody. 11-59 for P. Ryan and 10-33 for, for um, um, Mixon as well as a touchdown. Joe Burrow also did get on the ground with three carries and 11 yards. I mean, this team's electric, man. They have a three-headed monster at the receiver with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and as well as Tyler Boyd. They both... Um, they both went off. They, all three of them went off. Jamar Chase, six receptions, 159 yards, and one touchdown. T. Higgins, five receptions, 32 yards. And as well as Tyler Boyd with four receptions, 24 yards, and no touchdowns. Um, I think that this um, this Bengals team is a problem to be dealt with. They're 3-2. and two, They're 2-1 and one at home. And next week, they'll be able to come back and get a win, I think. I really do. Um, Aaron Jones ran all over him, though. They're going to have to fix their defensive line. He was 14 carries, 103 yards. Aaron Rodgers was 27 for 39, 344. Two touchdowns and one interception. was only sacked twice. QBR 68. And like I said before, RTG 103 to Joe Burrow's 85. That was a great game. I got to catch the highlights of that one. Jamar Chase, he gets open. He has great hands. And him and, him and Joe Burrow's connection is one of those that nobody can ignore. And it's absolutely one of the best in the league, in my opinion. Um, one of the last teams I want to talk about are the Kansas City Chiefs as well as the Buffalo Bills. Um, a lot of people are starting to say the Kansas City Chiefs are done. I don't firmly believe that. What I do firmly believe is that they've been figured out. I do believe that a lot of teams are starting to realize that you can guard Tyreek Hill with two people. You don't, And, and when you have two people, you don't got to back off 55 yards. So um, the Buffalo Bills showed a lot of different secondaries to Mahomes. He missed a lot of throws, and they played horrible. So when the Chiefs are at their best, I still believe that he'll come out and do better than this. Patrick Mahomes was 33 of 54, 272 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. It was sacked twice, which is very rare for this guy. So when you get rolling like Mahomes and you, and you start to figure out stuff like that it's one of them things you got to just just lean on and um and, and just try to get better the offensive line great the receiving core is great Patrick Mahomes is great and they're just gonna have to turn it around man um the Buffalo Bills 
Can't say enough about them. One of the best teams in the league, in my opinion. They're now. Excuse me about that. That was a highlight plan. But Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks. He's leading the MVP race right behind Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. He was 15 of 26, 315 yards, three interceptions, zero. I take that back. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions. It was not sacked one time. That's how you protect your quarterback. He as well had a great hurdle that you probably see on social media sometime this week. He had 11 carries on the ground, 59 restaurants, and led the team in passing and rushing which is just amazing. Shout out to the Buffalo Bills. Shout out to Kansas City Chiefs. And I still do believe the Kansas City Chiefs can turn it around. And this this football team, both of these football teams, will see each other again. Um, there's nothing to hang your hat about there, Mahomes. You missed a lot of throws. Um, Tyreek Hill dropped the one that went into the to the opposition's hands for an interception going the other way. And it was just a bad day. And like the guy said during the game I watched it, he said, this is just one of them days. It's just not your days, Mahomes. So that happened. And I do think you guys are still in better position than my Seahawks. So, you guys are two and three, but I think you guys will. I think you guys can turn it around, man. Um, that is going to wrap it up today for Let's Talk About It. Um, I want to thank you guys, everybody, everybody who's listening, everybody who attends this, everybody who you know just takes their time out of the day. I'm trying to make these a little bit shorter. I know a lot of people don't have 40 to 50 minutes a day to sit here and listen to myself talk, but I will try to stay at the 25 to 30 minute. Um, radius there so people can get in get out of a car drive and just hear me you know so if you're missing anything about football if i'm missing your football team you want me to talk about them let me know in the comments let me know on instagram let me know on twitter i'm your host Jaden ford and this is let's talk about it you guys have a blessed rest of your week